Welcome to Cinebabble, episode 69. I am your host, Ken, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, famed ice road trucker, Clint Jones. Clint Jones, back from the Arctic. How's it going? Pretty good. Watch those roads out there. It's Seriously. pretty uh, precarious. Black ice, watch out. <sighs> you don't even know it. You yeah. don't even know. Yeah. You know, I think it's pretty, um, I mean, it's early in the episode so far, but we haven't made a 69 joke. <laughs> I wasn't going to, Clint. Didn't you see? I, I just rushed right through that because we're not obvious. Yeah. We, let's, we won't do it, I promise. Good. Don't make us obvious. Okay. I Man, I did not expect that of you, Clint. <laughs> That's You've debased yourself. Yeah. You getting ready for Christmas, Clint? As best I can. Ugh. I'm uh, trying to get all the shopping done, you know, getting the, the just all the feels in the air. Um, it's not working out so well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're uh, we're part of this group that is getting Christmas presents for a family of six kids plus three other foster kids, and I, for some reason, volunteered to coordinate the collection of these gifts. Mm-hmm. And there's so many toys, and there's so many toys in my house, and so many toys. We're putting them all together, and uh, I'm just I'm Christmased out already. Are you saying you would be a bad Santa Claus? Yes. I would be a bad Santa. Hmm. Uh, and here's here's how Christmas is going. The cat that famously <laughs> chews wires that yeah. has, you know, destroyed many a podcasting flow mm-hmm. uh, just decided when we put the Christmas trees up that she was going to have her way with one. And three strands are out on the thing. But she did have a full-on <laughs> National Lampoon's Christmas vacation moment. Yeah, yeah. And got shocked and shot out from under the tree, <laughs> licking at her lips. And now she won't. She walks wide circles around the trees. So maybe maybe that was all it took, that I, now she'll not worry with your wire, wires anymore. She seriously has not touched any wire in the house since. I hope it taught her but didn't damage her permanently. <laughs> <laughs> so, Clint, uh, what you been watching this week? Ken, there's been this like the end of the year. So there's all this stuff coming out that are just like cramming in to get out before, I guess, I don't know, awards and everything. Yeah. Um, Or just they've been sitting on it. Um, The first thing I wanted to talk about was this movie that hit Netflix. And um, Netflix has been kind of hit or miss for me. Sometimes they, you know, they put out these big movies that have a lot of money behind them, but they're really like low level, like uh, big budget movies that would be in the theater that you would like kind of scoff at. Yeah. Um, But sometimes they'll hit with something cool. Yeah. Um, So the first one I want to talk about is this movie called Troll that um, is directed by Roar uh, Uthog, who has the best name. I wish wish my name was Roar. Um, I think I would get through life a lot uh, easier. Um, But this is uh, set in this smaller community and um, it's like the Netherlands. Is that correct? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. And um, and it's kind of like a like a Godzilla or or your King Kong, but it's it's over the mythos of of a troll. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I actually really enjoyed this movie. Because I thought compared to like one of those movies or like a Roland Emmerich where, you know, it's a big disaster movie um, and they're jumping around for a million characters trying to show the scope of this thing. I thought I like this, that it was kind of like contained to this one community 
and uh, a small group of characters. And it kind of made sense that it was a small group of characters yeah. to me because it's, I mean, it's just this small community dealing with this thing. And I like that it was this like um, Norwegian, like this mythos around like the troll. I thought yeah. that was a fun idea. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think for the the scope of the movie, it like the effects were decent and it like got it across. And I liked uh, I liked the characters. I thought the char- the characters were fun and believable. And um, kind I of like the father. Uh, I yeah. watched it too. I like yeah. the the father daughter dynamic. Yeah, I thought me they too. did some interesting things there. Yeah, me too. And I liked how the kind of the army was addressed yeah. and uh, her character's relationship or that she forms with like kind of the sergeant or whatever he is and uh, how he kind of comes around to her way of thinking on the whole thing and is helping her out um, execute her plan um, that she wants to put in place rather than just destroying this thing. Um, I thought it was it was decent. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was decent fun. I thought it was a little too much like a Godzilla or King Kong. Flick. That's what I liked about it. Really? I liked that, okay. that it was kind of like paying paying homage to those, but also kind of poking at it. And and uh, and uh, I thought it. I don't know. I liked that they were playing around with those tropes that are yeah. in those movies. Um, I thought that was fun because it's. In this this world of the troll, I thought that was fun and and like like going into the lore of it, um, and but doing it on this scale of like a Godzilla movie, I yeah. thought that was cool. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of a little bit of that rare exports movie yeah. a bit. Yeah, yeah. No, I get that. Uh, I um, I ended up watching this Christmas movie, Christmas Bloody Christmas. Uh huh. It's on Shutter, and uh, it's got like a demented Santa in the thumbnail. Demented Santa. Yeah. And the the plot of this is the U.S. Army used these robots to win a war in Afghanistan. Now they've got nothing to do with them. So in a a move of sheer brilliance, they just reprogram them and ship them off to malls for -hmm. Christmas time to be mall Santas, protecting your kids from dirty mall Santas, literally is the line, Uh, which, you know, it's that kind of tone. It's it's trying to be funny and whatnot. But it's it's got a Rob Zombie movie vibe, Mm -hmm. which if that works for you— then those words just shoved you right towards this movie. Yeah. For me, I I don't particularly enjoy that style where everybody's very angry, aggressive, shouty, drunk, high. Uh, and it it's kind of, you know, they establish all of these these characters that are then just lined up for this robot Santa when it has a malfunction to start marching around this town and killing. Mm-hmm. But by the back half of this thing. Uh, when it really comes down to almost a, a lone survivor or, you know, just a few survivors, it actually gets pretty good. And uh, the back half of this I really wish was was the whole movie because it would have been really, uh, I think, a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you can just get through the first 40 minutes of this thing. Um, <laughs> How long is the movie? <laughs> it's, it's you know, a solid hour and a half. Okay, but it's just, so it's half. just that first half <laughs> because so much of it fall, follows the main girl and this guy she works with and they're sort of on, off, hooking up mm-hmm. the whole time. And it's it's really, it's it's it goes on too long and it gets really obnoxious. As soon as Santa starts killing and pursuing uh, this girl for reasons that sort of make sense, mm-hmm. um, you know, and kind of tracking her through the town and killing people along the way. That's when it starts to work. And then especially once it comes down to just her, it really works. It's got a really good lo-fi vibe mm-hmm. to everything, but not in a way that's distracting. It's all practical uh, as far as I could tell, which is a lot of fun. 
uh, especially when this thing starts coming apart at the seams. Oh, okay. As they go, it's it's much more of like a Terminator. Yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of thing. It's it's got a, a definitely an eight a late eighties vibe, even mm-hmm. though it takes place in the modern day. Uh, but it also has kind of a nineties a uh, aggression to it, uh-huh. uh, like a Predator two kind of aggression. Yeah. Anyway, uh, if you love Rob Zombie films, definitely worth watching. If not, honestly, you could skip. <laughs> With, I chose with to no skip. problem at all. No, 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 no. You could skip the first half oh, of this okay. movie. I just and skipped just it all. Watch it like a, a forty-five minute uh, cabinet of curiosity. Yeah, and have a good time. Mm. You would miss literally nothing about the plot except reasons to not like the main character. Oh, okay. And so it might actually improve the movie. Mm-hmm. But what else have you been watching? Um, I watched. A movie I was actually excited about after seeing, um, and I think I already talked about it on another episode, The Square. And this is the new movie by the director of The Square, um, and it's called The Triangle of Sadness, uh, directed by Ruben Ostlund. Um, he, he also did Force Majeure. Yeah. Um, so if you're familiar with those movies. Um, and the only, like, actor that I was familiar with, like, I'm, maybe I've seen these other actors, another thing was Woody Harrelson, Harrelson shows up as the um, captain of this uh, boat that this uh, movie takes place on. And um, it's kind of in the same vein if as the square where it's really like diving into kind of making fun of and tearing apart like capitalism and um, like uh, gender... Um, relations between men and women and just there's a lot packed into it i've seen some criticism of that and they kind of like metaphor of this uh super yacht that all these people are on is kind of on the nose but because like you know you have your lower workers at the bottom who are just you know cleaning the bathrooms and you have like the middle class who are the people directly in contact with these wealthy people and then you got the wealthy people at the top but i think they did some like fun stuff with it and it and i think it worked uh really well and um i think where it goes there's a lot of twists and turns to where it ends up at the end it mm-hmm. is really fun and and at the center of it it's funny like i he did yeah. like in square it's really funny and this is too um i don't know if it's quite as biting as the square but there's a lot packed into it. And even under the surface of the main like metaphor and like at the center of it, there's a lot of extra things that it's poking at and interested in. And um, I really liked it. I thought it was really good. Well, and you mentioned it uh, to me last week. I don't think on the podcast, but I think you just mentioned it in passing. Yeah. And um, you you must have talked about the square at that point because I saw the square on Amazon. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, Finally went and watched it, and wow, uh, if you've not watched this movie, it's, it's fantastic. so weird yeah. and good and fantastic and funny and uh, satirical and then ludicrous and absurd and then serious and dramatic. Mm-hmm. And I honestly don't know how they hit as many tones as they did. Right. And you had mentioned to me that the the main character in that uh, goes through so many different kind of layers. Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting to me, especially after we had watched Nocebo and had a problem with the the very jarring shift in character there. Yeah, yeah. This has jarring shifts in character, but in a much more organic way. It's very, like, human that, yes. like, it feels like a layered person. Yeah, I don't even want to give examples no, because no. it it really 
it's it's a, a reset point when these things happen mm-hmm. because you think you have him pegged one way and then you realize, oh, he's also this other thing in real life. Yeah. Not when he's just at work and things like that. And um it's it's a, a movie where it's very hard to figure out where it's going, what it's doing, what it's saying, because as soon as you think you have a grip on it, it decides to turn and go another way. Yeah. And it has this overriding theme of of kind of not class warfare, just class dependency and, and class conflict mm-hmm. that is just there. And it's obvious it, it's right there. Yeah. The whole movie played with in different ways. The triangle has that too. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's dealing with similar uh, themes and okay. um, exploring it in different ways. And um, maybe... It's a little clearer in this, yeah. like that. It, that one maybe is a little bit more subtle, and maybe that's why people aren't as, I don't know, as enthusiastic about this. But I, I think even at the those themes that are much more upfront are done well, and the ones that it's just exploring like a little bit more subtly, like those are the ones that stood out to me more and were yeah. more a little more interesting and uh i overarching what wise it worked really well i think yeah yeah, yeah. so uh that was kind of one of my what you watching even though i just sort of <laughs> well, tacked it on so you have, kind of do you together. have anything else yeah i have one more thing okay. um that i wanted to talk about and this i just randomly like i didn't even know hear about this movie and um i had uh sometimes like apple tv will really I don't know, recommend things that are um, I wasn't familiar with. So this is called Decision to Leave, and this is directed by Park Chan-wook, it, who did mm-hmm. Old Boy. It's his new movie. And um, it centers around this detective, and he's investigating the death of this man who fell from a, a high mountain. And he, um, he, in the process of that, he comes in contact with the man's wife and he kind of falls for her. And so it's about his investigation of what happened to this man and him forming a relationship with this woman and like how she intersects with his death. Um, and it is, it's very good and it's very much in his style. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some really beautiful, amazing, like cinematography and shot decisions that like, I feel like I had never seen before. Um, and also it's very, I don't know, the center of it, just the, the relationship between these two characters is very interesting and, uh, layered and like, it goes back and forth between, oh, did she, is she involved or like, no, she's clear. Like he's, and he like gives himself up to the, the relationship that's he's falling into with her. And, um, I will say I watched a little too late because there's kind of, I don't want to say a dream logic to it, but the detective is kind of suffering from insomnia. Mm -hmm. So it just, how it jumps from one thing to the next is Mm -hmm. a little jarring. And I'll be like confused. It's like, oh, is he just like kind of piecing, trying to piece together what's happening or did this, is this happening for real or, um, and it's interesting what it's doing with that. But at the same time, I was, (laughs) I probably should have watched it with a clearer head (laughs) because I'm like, I don't, right now I don't know what's happening. And And it's also called again, um, a a decision to leave, leave work. Where is that? Well, right now, well, I watched it on Mubi because okay. um, it's a part of Mubi right now, but it's you can buy it for like 14 bucks. Okay. Um, it's very good, and uh, I need to rewatch it again because I think I'll understand a little bit more. And mm-hmm. it doesn't help that it's, in, it's subtitled, so yeah. I'm like – and I'm tired, and you know. But it's very good, and okay. um, I highly recommend it. Okay. 
Yeah. Um, the only other thing I watched was this little horror movie that I've, I've just gotten in the habit of when something pops up on Shudder, if it has a decent trailer, <laughs> I, I will give it a shot. I've actually been pretty impressed with Shudder. Um, not that they always hit, but uh, I, I kind of like some of the things that they they end up producing yeah. uh, or, or distributing. And this was called Advent Calendar. So I was like, wow, it's Christmas. Uh-huh. I guess this is a Christmas horror movie, and it is. But I thought to myself, well, it's going to be really stupid because how in the world are you going to make an advent calendar scary? <laughs> and actually, uh, the premise uh, behind this movie is is pretty solid. Mm-hmm. I, I like what they did with it. It's a very old world kind of cabinet of curiosities looking advent calendar, and it'll only let you open it on the day. And then it starts to supernaturally toy with you. And by the end of the advent calendar, it wants you to do very bad things. Uh, this movie has a lot going for it. And there's a lot of really effective moments in it. Um, however. I watched this movie too. So okay. you continue and I'll jump okay. in. However, there are moments where it just felt like if they would have kept it reined in, it would have been so much better. Mm-hmm. Um, because suddenly they would go for something ambitious and it just it, – it didn't work for me, yeah. especially once uh, you start to get a materialization of this creature or demon or whatever is is from the box. Uh, that started to get a little weak and, and started to really feel low-budget horror. I will say that um, was probably one of the only things I really liked about really? it. Really? Like the creature. Okay. Um, I will say for – I got to halfway through this movie yeah. and I was like – Oh God! There's another hour of this because <laughs> just there's so many days. Yeah, the, and like they would try to do things where they're skipping through, like oh she took this one pill or this little candy and she's out for three days, yeah. and yeah. things like that didn't feel. It was like oh they're trying to get through yeah. this, and I don't know. It, it maybe if they had done the thing at the because at the beginning of this there's she gets it like three or four days into yeah. the month already. If they had done like half the month, yeah, because it just drew was drug out yeah, too long, that. and I was just like it was, and it was very similar things over and over again, yeah. to the point where like it just felt like okay, we're just getting through these days, and then there'd yeah. be one where okay, that was kind of inventive, yeah. but the, for the most part, it was just drawn out too long, yeah, and. I was having a hard time following the rules of the thing. Yes, the rules seemed to shift. Yeah. Because the whole thing was you one of the rules is when one of the doors open you have to eat a candy or you die. And then there would be days where she would but give then, it to somebody else. Yeah, or it would it, it would be in somebody's pocket for an extra yeah. day or something like that and I it, I had a really hard time. The only one they really seemed to to hold to was the pretty let, tightly was yeah. the if you throw it away. You'll die. Or the they one candy that. that like was tied to her regaining her yes. legs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, you know, it was, it surprised me because it was better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. But then it surprised me just enough that I wanted to like it. And then it disappointed me mm-hmm. at times, especially the ending. I, I really did not like the ending. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they, they try to tack on a last minute kind of twisty, twisty glue and ugh. Um, but it had some good stuff in it. And if you're a big advent calendar fan, <laughs> this is for you. You're always going on about the advent calendar. <laughs> like every year, like I can't wait for it. Yeah. You even have one for every Seriously. month. Well, and I'm just waiting for somebody to make the elf on a shelf horror movie. 
where <laughs> it's, you know, it's just it's, a spin. It's got somebody yeah. has it in their brain. That one's um, e- yeah, that would be easy. It would just be a spin on the old trilogy of terror or the Chucky movies. Yeah, or, yeah. Man, just have one of those little things. The U.S. Army made Elf on a Shelf to win a war in <laughs> Afghanistan, and now they have nothing to do with it. So they ship it off to little kids reprogrammed, and one malfunctions and mm-hmm. tears up a whole family. Yeah. There you go. You're welcome, Hollywood. <laughs> Because I honestly, if you can make a horror movie out of Advent Calendar, you're running out of material. Yeah. Um, because even though I respected how they worked this out, mm-hmm. I'm just like, man, that's just the idea of Advent Calendar horror movie. It's really scraping the bottom of yeah. the idea barrel. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and even saying how that I liked, the only thing I liked about the creature was the design of the creature yeah. guy. It didn't make sense to me that there was actually like a demon tied to this thing. I don't know. That it wasn't really necessary. Yeah. It could have just been a cursed object. And it got a little too like Hellraiser-y. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. It was weird because typically I get irritated when it goes into the, oh, how the box was made. And yeah, how the, yeah. Like leave the mystery in it. This, I actually wanted that. Yeah. And instead of some of the days and what was happening with her, um, you know, go try, like, where did this thing come from? How does it have a demon in it? Why does it have a demon in it? Yeah, What's, that would have been fun, like, some, you know? like, carpent, little, like, cursed carpenter yeah. who's forced yeah. to make this thing yes. or something. That would have been fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I I needed something a, a little more mythos with it. I yeah. think that would have helped mix it up, too. For sure. Um. So, oh, oh, well. Uh, we have four movies to talk about today. Uh, Three Christmas. No, two Christmas uh, anyway, we've got four yeah, movies to talk about yeah, today. We're we'll talking say there about was a Santa and the, the others. Sure, yeah. the Banshees of Inch. Inishire. In this Inishire. Inishire. Yeah, I'm pretty, pretty sure. I thought it was Inishirin. Oh, oh Inishirin. Yeah, Inishirin. Sorry. Uh, no, when I they said it, I'm like, oh, memorize that so you don't sound like an idiot saying it wrong. And as soon as I went to say Inishirin. it the first time, Inishirin. Yeah, I was because I thought, Sorry. okay, sounds like Ed Sheeran. Inishirin. <laughs> But we're talking Don't about the Banshees of Inishirin, which just popped up on HBO Max and is on a lot of people's top 10 list of the year. Uh, we are talking about Newly in Theaters with David Harbour, Violent Night, which is Santa Wick, and then uh, Christmas Story Christmas, which is the uh, official sequel to A Christmas Story uh, with a lot of returning actors, including the guy that played Ralphie. Mm-hmm. And then we're talking about... Um, Wow. Or Sinatron pick, mm-hmm. I'm your man. I'm your man. Uh, but first, I have a question for you, Clint. Yeah. Did you feel a particularly deep sense of mourning and loss this week when you realized there was not a new episode of Andor to watch? I did. Well, yeah. I would just mainly when I was thinking up to the doing this episode, I was yeah. like, oh, we don't get to do Andor. Yeah. 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 I, I really, I had a, a very, like... Oh, even, and I guess that's been two weeks, but yeah. even uh, this week when Wednesday rolled around, I, my brain triggered off like, go to Disney Plus, it's Wednesday. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, it doesn't. I, I had it more like as this phantom pain yeah. where yeah. like, I exactly. feel like I like, I'll have the instinct to go to Disney and mm-hmm. I'm like, there's nothing there for me. Well, I discovered there was something there. Oh Yeah. So the Muppets Christmas Carol. Oh, I was going to, I thought you were going to no, say no. The, the Chris Hemsworth show that I talked about so you could see hunky Chris Hemsworth. Crimsworth? Crimsworth. <laughs> no. <laughs> I said that last time. Yes, I you think. did. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, the Muppets Christmas oh, yeah. Carol has long had a deleted song that mm-hmm. fans have lost their minds over. Well, Disney has restored and remastered 
and uh, found a high-def copy of this, put it back in. It is the full movie. And I went into this just to watch up to the song so I could be happy. But honestly, the remaster is gorgeous. How many times have you watched it? Four. (laughs) (laughs) Some of those times I just put it on the background to Uh be happy while I'm doing something else. But I love The Muppets Christmas Carol. This is the unadulterated version of The Muppets Christmas Carol. And it's gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And it's got my tear up song and it's just Christmas was Christmas again briefly uh, every time I watch it then you realize you had to get presents ready for children <laughs> and you felt sad yeah yeah <laughs> I'm just gonna buy them an oversized turkey and yeah. just dance into their house uh-huh. like ah, 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 ah. anyway you'll have crutches uh, and- so let's talk about uh, the Banshees of Inishirin. Uh and this got is right that time. Uh, did I get it yeah perfect on a remote island off the coast of Ireland uh, Porrick which is spelled like it would be Podrick, but yeah. they say it as Pork. Yeah, I would say um, Podrick because I can't read names. Okay. Yeah. Is devastated when his buddy Colm suddenly puts an end to their lifelong friendship. With help from his sister and a troubled young islander, Pork <laughs> sets out Pork. to repair the damaged relationship by any means necessary. This is from uh, Martin McDonough, mm-hmm. who you will remember as directing uh, in Bruges, in Bruges uh, with in, the same um, actors. The billboards. Uh, oh, yeah. Three in, billboards three in Ebbing, Missouri. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. This star stars Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson, uh, Carrie Condon, and... Uh, Barry Keegan. Barry Keegan, yeah. Uh, along with a lot of just delightful Irish mm-hmm. uh, character actors. Uh, Clint, what did you think of the Banshees of Inishirin? I'm not going to beat around the bush, Ken. Okay. I'm not going to go into my history of seeing his films or... Um, You're beating around the bush right now, Clint. I I love this movie. I like, I really love this movie and I think it probably is on my list for the year. Mm -hmm. I loved like all the characters. I I, I think it's one of the most like cinematography wise, beautiful films. Like it, it took me back to like, like, um, there's a lot of things who, who people who have tried to like nail that like Terrence Malicky yeah. look, and this like nails it in a natural way where it's not trying to. Yeah, it doesn't have a Terrence Malick style. No, 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 no. It's just like filmmaking. Like it takes like um, it just like cinematography wise where it's like shot at that like golden hour of, of day. Yeah. It's not yeah, it's not uh, Terrence Malicky in any way other than that. But uh, just like man, it looks beautiful, mm-hmm. and I I really like empathized with um, Colin Farrell's character, but also at the same time Brendan Gleeson's character. Right, like yeah. really, I could see it from both sides. Yeah. Where like there's moments in my life where I'm just like, I just need to like if I really want to get the things done that I want to, maybe just yeah, nix it all, yeah. cut it all yeah. out, and yeah. just focus. And so I I loved all the characters. I thought it was. A great film. I yeah, I felt really deep pangs for both of them. Yeah, I, I was surprised how emotionally connected I was because really, it's it's very simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie opens with Colin Farrell going to Brendan Gleeson, and it's two o'clock, and it's pub time, and yeah. he's excited to go hang out with his friend, and his friend just, I don't, I don't like you anymore, and it's that simple. He's like, "What do you mean you don't like me anymore?" I'm just like, I just. I don't like you anymore. I don't, yeah. I don't want to talk to you or be around you. And it gets, you know, much, it goes much further from there. Oh, yeah. 
But instantly from there, I was so invested in this movie. Just why? What's going on? And so I felt this really deep connection to, to Colin Farrell. And then as it's not like there's some big revelation, but then as you start to understand who Brendan Gleeson's character is, I started to have really deep empathy and affection for him and the sister. And there's so many really well-etched characters in this. I even had uh, feelings for Barry Keegan's— Oh, I definitely did. Uh, I don't even know what you would call Dominic. him. Dominic. Yeah, like— yeah, yeah, Dimwit, or he was he was dim, <laughs> is what they would call it. But— Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, he I wasn't even had a lot like, of sympathy for him. Well, yeah, I mean, because he, he was a, a simpler man and a character, but, like, at the same time, he had once— and like desire, and like he he had yeah. he had his eyes on um uh, uh Padrick's uh, sister. Yeah. Um. What? How do you say her name? Uh, Siobhan. 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 So I love like, the accents. Oh movie. yeah, yeah. I was afraid when I started that I was going to have a hard time. Like I was going to have to put the um, subtitles on, yeah. but like I fell into it pretty easily. Yeah. The yeah. only the only word I had a hard time with I never heard Rowan. Oh, yeah, oh, are yeah. you two rowing? And, it's like and the I first... kept thinking, uh, yeah, it's one of the first lines. Row, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. uh, they must be saying something else. So I turn on the subtitles briefly and like, no, just spelled like Rowan. I think I had heard um, it used before, mm-hmm. but like their accent like gave it another level where gotcha. then like I put it together in context, you know. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I yeah. understood it just meant, oh, you're you're fighting. Yeah, yeah. You're you know, at odds or whatever, think, but yeah, yeah. Maybe I, thought, row, I thought, oh I, no, is, yeah. yeah I was I like, oh no, way. is this going to be the whole movie where they're using all this slang and I'm going to be trying to piece together what they're talking yeah, about? Yeah, because that was like the second scene. Yeah. So it was yeah. like, a, yeah, that that was what made me worried, but then I fell into it pretty easily. But I love little things. I love the bartender. Oh yeah. And the random guy that's always like the and norm. Like, and they're playing off each other, yes. like saying the same thing. And, yeah, and yeah. the norm of the bar just sort of repeats whatever the bartender says. Uh-huh. Uh, I was having a blast with them uh when this gets to a place where brendan gleason's character feels the need and he he warns colin farrell that or, or porrick that you know i'm gonna do some pretty extreme things if you don't leave me alone well it's in the trailer uh, so i think yeah. you can say that yeah. he, he says he's going to like for every time you come to me i'm gonna cut a finger off yeah. and uh and he doesn't take it like like he doesn't take it no. seriously at first no. but it, and it that's gets when dark. i i was already enjoying the movie but that's when i really leaned forward and like, oh, this is because I hadn't watched the trailer. Oh, okay. I specifically avoided the trailer because I just wanted to, you yeah. know, get the movie fresh, um, which I've been trying to do more. And so when he actually comes up to their house and tosses his finger at the door, I was <laughs> I like, that oh, this is a different movie than I was thinking. And it goes much darker from there. But well, in this very soulful uh, kind of low-key, poignant way. It's, it's sure. saying a lot with very little. Oh yeah, uh, about relationships and just, uh, just, just how people and, rely on each other and and can hurt each other and and how they suffer uh, with just mental illness, uh, you know, or, or anything else. There was or so desperation. much going on. Yeah, I don't. I didn't really like. They kept saying like how mad he is, but I think it's he is seeing his time dwindle before him. And he's like, he has to take extreme measures if he wants to do these things that he wants to do. And and I almost by the end also was taking it as he doesn't really hate him or not love him anymore. It's like 
he's taking it as almost like kicking the puppy to make it go yeah. away yeah. because like I can't take care of you anymore. Yeah. And, um, and I don't have the time to shoo you away. Yeah, yeah. Slowly. It's, like I've just got to cut this off now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, and that came like, I mean, the whole movie, it took me to kind of, because I mean, I believed it for a long portion that like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I just don't like you anymore. But Man, it's just there are a lot of different things they're mm. they're playing with in it. And I want to ask you a question. Okay. And I wanted to like, did you see the old woman as death? Yes. Me too. I saw her as uh, maybe not death death, but almost like a harbinger of yeah. like a, like an official harbinger of death sort yeah. of figure. Yeah. Um yeah, it, it's it's not supernatural, but it definitely takes on a tone of Yeah. um a knowledge and a otherworldliness to her character. Um, even to the point, and I would have to rewatch it, but when he's standing on the cliffs waving at his sister, mm-hmm. and she suddenly has this very strange look. I could swear there's a second figure over to the left. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just different things like yeah. that where, where they're really layering in. The, there's just something sort of there and waiting. Yeah, because for every time they're – they're they're always they're making the jokes of like oh yeah she hides from you when you're coming and like the, and but everyone's yeah. kind of doing it and i yeah. i feel like they sense her as this thing yeah. and see like if, even if it's not completely supernatural like i almost took it as that way yeah. because yeah. just how like she's represented and i love that also that um with um dominic or I guess it's like the first scene you see him, he's got her staff yeah. and he's like talking, like he makes the joke of like, oh, I guess it's the thing that you have, you use the hook things a stick link away or whatever. I laughed so loud. What, what do you think you would use this for? I guess to hook things a stick link away. <laughs> So funny, so and, but like so where that goes with yep. that character yep. at the end is so yep. like sad and poignant and like yep. I I loved it and I need, I want to rewatch it. I want to get yep. Jenny to watch it. Um, I was I was really taken off guard by this movie because it it really lured me in and disarmed me and then did things I was I was not expecting to go through based on the first. Uh, opening of or, you know the the first act of this movie. Yeah, but also it's Martin McDowell yeah. and like his yeah. movies, like In Bruges does the same thing. Yep. And um, oh, what's the one with um, uh, Christopher Walken the he, that he did? It's Colin Farrell's in it again. He's the writer. Um, you know where he's Completely the Hollywood blanking. writer. That movie is fantastic and it has a very poignant dark moment at, at the end too. I may not have watched that. You you did you definitely oh um was it Seven Psychopaths? Oh or, that's that's I'm, him. I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. Yeah yeah. yeah 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 yeah. Um, I didn't know that was Martin McDonald. Yeah, and okay. uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it is. Okay. Um, and he just has these ways of like bringing this dark, poignant moments in to like a comedy that, um. Shouldn't work if you're yeah. not a better director, but it always like brings this new level and weight to the thing yeah. that you weren't expecting in in a very natural way and true to the characters. Well, and I think he's so good with characterization yeah. uh, because Colin Farrell's character is one that is very malleable to what other characters are doing. Yeah. And so that's why he's so thrown off when his friend just doesn't want to be friends anymore and how he takes things every time his sister either tells him what to do or stands up or retreats. 
uh, even when he faces the crone, the the whole time he's been asking, am I dull? Am I dim? Yeah. And, and everybody's telling him, no, he's just nice. But then if this thing is death or harbinger or whatever, right, right. he doesn't get it. Yeah. And it seems like everybody else does. And the smartest person in the town is clearly his sister. And she's the one that will actually invite, comfortably invite right, right, right. this woman over yeah. and have conversations with mm-hmm. her. And that, once I started picking up on what that character represents, that got much more interesting mm-hmm. to me. And so I really want to go back through and watch a second time and pay more attention to what were they talking about? How does she describe her? And and right. that's one of many oh, things I sure. want to yeah. watch this movie again for. Um, but I, the biggest reason that I think that's important to mention is it would be very easy to just think this is a very slight and minimalistic movie for the first 45 minutes. You could completely enjoy it. But it would be very easy to get your mind to it's one type of movie. And -hmm. then you're kind of rushing to catch up when it gets to the second half. Yeah. And so – and maybe maybe that's for the best because that's kind of what I went through but then really wanted to watch it again. But even from that, like – that first half, the characters are so enjoyable. Oh, yeah. Like, there's, and even you can tell that there's so much more to it just in the writing yeah. and like the acting and how they're um, playing off each other. That yeah. it's not. I, I feel like it isn't slight in that. That no. there's a lot of artistry just even in that first half. Well, and for an island where nothing happens, and for a plot where you know, for for a good chunk of the movie, nothing major is happening mm-hmm. technically. Uh, it's it's still a blast to watch, and it's fascinating. And again, it's really genuinely funny. Mm-hmm. I feel like, though, this would have been one of those movies, if we caught it in the theater, you and I would have been busting out yeah, laughing, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and all the other people would have been sure. sitting there. I yeah. hate those moments <laughs> where I'm just like, oh, man, this is this crowd does not get this movie. Uh, but I feel like there would be I, – I think there's so much hype around this movie. I think a lot of people go and watch it thinking it's this kind of – jolly luck comedy kind of feel uh-huh. and it's it's not at all no 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 um it's a different kind of funny mm-hmm. so all right well we also went uh to the theater uh just because i was feeling christmassy boy and did we boy did we uh do you want to talk about this theater experience before we talk about violent night because uh, i was not happy with this theater experience and this seems to be happening to us more and more well, this is the first one I've had probably since COVID time. Okay. You go a lot more than I do. That's true. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it was the worst one I've had in a while. Just, yeah. Just we had these girls. two women, girls yeah, in front ladies. of us that just had full volume talked the entire movie. And they were on their phones the entire time. They'd they be, kept pulling up their phones. They'd be pulling up the characters to see like, oh, who is this actor? What have they been in? Like on IMDb. Yeah. And it's like, God. Just watch wait. the movie. Uh, yeah, it was – that was really frustrating uh, and, you know, not to spoil where my head was. But if this was a better movie, I, I definitely would have said something because <laughs> yeah. it was really driving me nuts. But then it was like – it was clear that these two would have made a giant deal of it, probably stood up and started yelling and it would have been a whole scene and it was just – It wouldn't look ugh. great on us to be – like no. – <laughs> 
no. <laughs> two young girls yeah. to be telling them to, yeah. Well, and at different times in my mind, I'm like, maybe if I just walk up and really politely, hey, I know you guys are having a good time, but I'm like, no, these are not those humans that would, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize. So anyway, uh, Violent Night stars David Harbour as literal Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. And this is from uh, director Tommy Workola. And it's about an elite team of mercenaries who breaks into a family compound on Christmas Eve, taking everyone hostage inside. Uh, the lead is Mr. Scrooge, played by John Leguizamo. Johnny uh, Legs. Is Johnny Legs. Uh, however, they aren't prepared for a surprise combatant. Santa Claus is on the grounds. Mm-hmm. And he's about to show why this Nick is no saint. <laughs> is that in the copy? As, as in the uh, official okay. description. Clint, yeah. what did you think of good old Violent Night? Um, well, it had, it had, um, there's, so. um, there was some scenes that, there was some Christmas music, there's some Christmas, Christmas music, there's Santa, there's Harbor, brief, Santa, briefly some reindeer, there was some reindeer, they fly away, they fly, they go away, they didn't want to be in this movie, <laughs> Um, can I did not like this movie very yeah, much? Yeah, I felt it. There are times when we're in the theater. Yeah. And uh, like I don't even have to look at you. <laughs> you yeah, feel, I can. It's like a I radiation feel, field. You literally cross your arms. Yeah. You you sit with your legs crossed in yeah. a different way. Just everything about your body language says, why did you bring me here, Ken? I think I equally like wasn't like interested, so I'm not blaming yeah, you. Yeah. No, like I honestly, because I, I like David Harbour. Yeah. And thought the idea like Legitimately, I think the idea is a fun idea. Yeah. Um, and I was my thing was there was a string of like I, and I can't think of one off the top of my head. There was a string of really good like home and indie home invasion movies yeah. from a few years ago that were really fun and like like your next and yes. and the strangers. Yeah, 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 and that were doing fun things with the genre. Yeah. And I really wish that this was actually a lower budget movie yeah, that sure. was a more independent. Thing where like they weren't reliant on like these giant action sequences yeah. that are John Wicky and yeah. um, where it was like as slick as it was yeah. um, because that really like took me out of it yeah. and it doesn't help that I hated every character in this movie. Yeah, I yeah. hated the family. It would have been more fun if it was this family that you actually like is a decent family yeah. and you care about and you want like, but this was like, kill, they can all die. I don't care. This is the family from Arrested <laughs> Development, but without the funny. Yeah. It just, they're, they're just awful people. Yeah. Except for, I guess, the daughter and the mom. Mm-hmm. And the daughter is played by clearly a 12-year-old actress, but she's summoning a five-year-old in her performance. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It makes no sense. It was clearly written for a much younger right. child. And uh, the mom's just sort of there to, you know, I guess uh, make you feel bad uh, and not like the dad more. But right. uh, even that just wasn't – was not clicking. And I really, really did not enjoy the villains. Oh, my um, gosh. John Leguizamo ugh. is <laughs> – He's not chewing Such, scenery. Mm-hmm. He's just, uh, which is really unfortunate. He's in the menu, which I, okay. I definitely want to talk about once you've seen it. That's yeah. why I didn't bring it up in what you're watching. Um, I love the menu. He's in the menu uh-huh. and he's fantastic in it. Okay. He's he's kind of this washed up Hollywood actor that happens to be at this dinner. 
and he's really good and really interesting. The guy can act. And and so, you know, he's he's definitely trying to channel an, an angry Hans Gruber here. Yeah. But the writing is just terrible. Well, it didn't help that, for like— what they all spout. Right. Even, like, his henchmen are uh-huh. as awful as he is. Like, like annoying in, awful. Annoying awful. Yeah. Like, not just, like, acting awful no. or anything. It's just, like, the, how they're written is awful and, like, so cliche yep. and, like, just, like, a character of what these— from other movies, basically. Yeah. Um, I like I had kind of hope at the beginning because um uh Edie Patterson from uh, the Righteous Gemstones plays mm-hmm. the, the older daughter. Yeah. And I she's hilarious. And I've heard seen her and heard her in other like com- uh comedy mm-hmm. um podcast and stuff, and she's so funny. And this just does such a disservice to her. And so like it, early on, early, like right at yeah. first when you meet her and her boy toy husband or yeah. whatever. I, I genuinely had some hope. I'm yeah. like, this is kind of funny. Yeah. But then as soon as their elderly mother shows yep. up, air out of the room, yep. it was super annoying. Yeah. And this does this thing, like, that I have a problem with what I, like, my issue, like, John Wick movies and everything, where it almost, like, to like feels like it's kind of glorifying violence. Mm-hmm. Like, outside of, like, uh, okay, Santa's fighting these guys off. It's just, like, unnecessary, like cruelty towards like this family like just punching people and kind of like shot in this way of like trying to show the most gruesome gruesome punch bang for your buck like violence that almost feels gratuitous and like it's not fun yeah when this is supposed to be fun and silly but it's not this reminded me a lot of the hellboy movie that david harbour was in yeah yeah where david harbour is genuinely he's a likable guy he's a fun actor I just feel like he's not great at picking scripts. Hmm. I think he likes ideas, and so he'll sign on to something is my very, very uneducated general impression because he does elevate this movie yeah, yeah. much higher than it would have been without him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I enjoyed him. I wanted to like this movie. But for all the people online that are talking about how much fun this thing is and it's a new Christmas classic and they love it, mm-hmm. I just – I don't get it. Yeah. It's a bad movie that has a fun David Harbour in it. And even then, spoiler territory, mm-hmm. but there's there's some really kind of uh, interest-peaking flashbacks to him <laughs> as my this, favorite this Viking warrior. Yeah. I loved that stuff. Yeah. And I almost wish it was – like a redemption story where once he became Santa Claus, he went all good and he has pushed away violence (laughs) Uh and he's a pacifist and he never wants to return to that, that monster that he was when he was a warrior. Because they play it at the beginning that he's incapable and weak. Right. And that would have made total sense if it's just, I can't, I I have to keep this turned off. Right. And then when he finds the hammer and makes that determination, he almost turns into the the berserker killing machine. And then it's it's the girl that has to, like, bring him back at the end. Right. I would have been fully down with that. Well, right. Um, and if he, he does it initially, get into this berserker mode with the hammer yep. for this young girl to yep. save her, and then she has to bring him back. Yep. And also, like— if the family was likable yeah. and he's like doing it for her to save this girl's family that like maybe he's not familiar with because of the circumstances of the film, but like she's like, oh, my family, we got to save them. And yeah, that would have been, but 
I don't care if anyone survives except for this little girl. It's, they're awful no. people. And even even when it comes down to the main villain, and it's just he had a bad Christmas as a kid, <laughs> and so now he's grown up as a terrorist who hates Christmas. <sighs> I, there was there was just a lot. There there were some things that that were fun. Uh, these brief moments of levity uh, that that were that kind of poked through and like that's yeah what got this movie sold. That's yeah. what got this movie David Harbor. That's mm-hmm. what got this movie. Uh, you know, a budget. Yeah. But it just, it feels like those ideas are stretched out really thin, almost like an SNL sketch yep. turned into a movie. And mm-hmm. it just did not work for me either. Yeah. And um, it, to a point, and then to a degree, it starts feeling like it's because they don't go deep enough into the lore or yeah. this family's like enjoyable that it's like a set of of scenes that are just there to tie together these action sequences yep. that Honestly, the action sequences weren't as good as they could have been. No, no. I don't know. No. Well, and that's if, – if you're going to try to emulate a John Wick style, which is definitely what they were doing. Right, right, right. You got you to gotta do it or do it better. Yeah. It, it just – you know, even if you don't like the John Wick movies, there is a, uh, a really uh, slick inventiveness to the, the fight choreography – this did not have that. Well, especially Even, when you're playing with like holiday like yeah. themes and like there's, you know, I mean, it does a little bit with like the candy cane and stuff, yeah. but like you could really go into yeah. playing yeah. with the the season and, you know, like just the all the accoutrement of yep. Christmas. Yeah. I there, you know, there's even a brief hint of this girl loves home alone. So yeah. she sets a bunch of traps. Uh, that could have been so much funnier if she wasn't such a sweet little goody two shoes <laughs> and just basically using the same traps Kevin did in Home Alone. If she was just like this really twisted, loves Home Alone because it's about sticking it to the bad guys and, you know, here's her chance to Well, but they, they even say at the beginning, she just saw it for the first time yeah, once. Yeah, yeah. It's not like she, like every year, she watches it yeah. all over and over like you watch um, Muppet Christmas Carol. Careful. It's like... <laughs> I see what you're doing there. Um, Two thumbs up. That's what we're saying. (laughs) (laughs) Very bloody thumbs up. Sure. Uh, Okay. Our next movie is A Christmas Story Christmas. This is the sequel to uh, the classic shows it on TNT 20 Mm -hmm. times a year, A Christmas Story. Uh, And this is about little Ralphie, now grown up, returns to give his kids a magical Christmas like the one he had as a child. Um, And this is bringing back Peter Billingsley. Uh, There are a couple of recastings, uh, particularly with his mom. Yeah, yeah. uh, And and some other returning characters. Um, But uh, the the film opens with kind of a gut punch. Mm -hmm. And it's that his father has passed away. And it's right before Christmas. And so he's coming home and, and having to deal with a, a lot of heavy stuff. Uh, Clint, what did you think of A Christmas Story Christmas? I'm actually surprised you watched this. Well, I, I mean, I do. I love the original mm-hmm. one. Um, and I kind of discovered that one later in life because interesting. I think maybe growing up, my parents, you know, um, growing up very <laughs> uh, church-going folk, it was one we weren't allowed to watch, and and so when you I you weren't allowed to watch a Christmas story, yeah, you know, I don't know, oh, man, I didn't even have restrictions on that one, or maybe it was one we just didn't know of. Okay, who knows? It, it, the the church in the nineties was weird. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, um, but I I enjoyed the original a lot, so I was interested, and I thought it was cool that they got like most of the cast back. Um, 
And so I was just kind of curious about it. And I actually think is was as good as you could get for doing a 39-year-old sequel. Um, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. And I think there was some actually legitimately funny parts to it. Also, just like um, the gut punch at the beginning with the father dying that it really gave it a whole new, like an, an actual like emotional core to it. That and I, it's not and, just there to be manipulative. No, no, no. It it really works for the movie as it goes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was I was really surprised by this too. I watched it uh, just thinking I'll watch the first couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. As soon as it gets terrible, I'll turn it off. End up watching the whole thing and, and was very surprised at uh, at how much kind of love went into crafting it. There's there's a couple of times where it's clear, okay, this is a nostalgia romp and, you know, it's getting the old gang back together, but it, not in an offensive way. It, it didn't feel uh, unnecessary. It felt like they actually had a story to tell. Yeah, and I think because of so much time, mm-hmm. it was kind of fun to see yeah. where they are in their lives. Yeah. And um, that at, at, even at that point, like that they're this age, like they're like 50 years old, um, that they still have a relationship from when they were kids. That yeah. that was kind of sweet to find out, even if it is kind of for nostalgia. It yeah. for me it worked. Yeah. And um and it was just, I don't know, it was fun just seeing Ralphie at this point in his life as mm-hmm. a father and like this duty now to try to get Christmas like how his his father did it and yeah. to do it for his kids and also dealing with the death, death of his dad and um I like the the little point of him like he wants to be this writer yeah. and the whole time he's dealing with like I don't know. I thought it was like a nice character thing yeah. for him, like the scene uh, as a grown-up and um, yeah. dealing with, you know, grown-up things. Yeah. That was cool. This is one of those things, you know, a Christmas story is such a quintessential Christmas classic. Yeah. I don't foresee this being that. But just like you said, if you're going to do a sequel, this is the way to do it. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know if you could overcome, what, 40 years now of – that movie just gaining beyond cult status right, right. in culture. And so the fact that they could revisit and actually have something to say and, and a good story to tell and uh, some some genuinely sort of warm, homey feelings yeah, yeah. to give you in the best way. It wasn't saccharine sweet, which I was – it really could have been. For sure. And it wasn't. No, it, no. It really kept it uh, – even with his mom just yeah. trying to – not grieve right. outwardly. Uh, and yeah, it's a different actress, but that was such a... It was a great casting choice yes. because she's played so many moms in other things yep. that like, for me, like I didn't even miss, no. like it almost, I almost had to question, oh, was she actually the mom before? And I so, did question. Yeah. It, it took me probably 15 minutes before I was like, I could swear it was somebody else. And then it was just a curiosity thing. It wasn't uh, right, bad right. in any no, no, way. No. Uh, and the character completely lines up with, oh, I bet that's exactly what this woman would be as a grandmother. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I actually, I because I had, for I don't know, I forgot the timeline of this where the original had fallen. Mm-hmm. And so I, when I had seen the trailers, it just didn't click in my head that it was set in the 70s. Yeah, yeah. And so once it like, it, it was like very early in the movie, I'm like, oh, like, I mean, just first scene. Yeah. And you're like, oh, it's the 70s. Like, 
I was instantly kind of put at ease because yeah. I wasn't going to have to deal with these characters on cell phones in yep. modern times dealing with these things. Like it was still removed. Yeah. Um, and so I could fall into it a little easier and believe, yeah. um, I don't know where these characters were. Mm. And um, I mean, I should have known that going in, but uh, I, it, it put me at ease and made me enjoy it much more than I think if it was set modern well, and this is something, especially with the style of the movie, it, it definitely harkens back to the style of a Christmas story with dream sequences yep. or or imagination sequences, yep. almost scrub style. But just like the original movie, it works really well mm -hmm. because Ralphie is narrating the entire yep. thing at a later date. And so it, this is him telling a story. And yep. so even those moments where it gets cartoonish or outlandish or something seems exaggerated, it completely works in the context of what it's setting up. Yeah. And and that's when narration is done right. Yeah. And and it was in the original movie and it does the same thing here where the the narration is is genuinely supplementing what you're able to see. Mm -hmm. Um, and adds to it and it adds another layer. And um, just, I, I don't know, I was, I was really, really surprised. I will say um, that I, all of it. yeah, I will say that I feel like it does a really pretty good job of like, even um, like the gags and like the things that you remember from the original mm -hmm. of not completely repeating them. Yeah. Like, I yeah. feel like a lot of, you know, like your, your dumb and dumbers and mm -hmm. stuff, they're like really playing the hits. Yeah. And I feel like this does a good job of expanding on those ideas yeah. and having similar, but like, new and it feel like i think they felt new and like it wasn't like oh we're just trying to hit that button yeah. to get for the audience because they remember it i yeah. thought for the most part it did a good job at that well and especially i i think that was a really wise decision because you have something that's so well known yeah it's not some little cult flick that you're trying to uh you know r revive mm -hmm. and now you've got to bring people who never saw the original up to speed everybody's seen yeah a Christmas story. And so they're able to just take some liberties where they don't have to explain certain yep. things. And and I think that helped them to do, uh, you know, more new, uh, new material. Yeah. Uh, which is funny because you would think that the same thing of something like Star Wars, mm -hmm. but then as the Star Wars sequels go along, you run into the same thing where it's just playing the hits. Right. Why are we playing the hits? Yeah. We've got a whole universe. Mm-hmm. Galaxy, whatever. Let's let's do something new and mm -hmm. mm. yeah, uh, pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I highly recommend. Like, if you want a Christmas movie to watch, like I, I thought it was really enjoyable. Which have you noticed scrolling around Amazon? How many ridiculous number of Christmas movies have come out this year? I think there have been quite There's a few. So yeah. many, and they're all like the Hallmark yeah. Channel-y sort of bottom of the barrel mm -hmm. uh, Christmas movies. But my goodness! All right. Our final film is our Cinetron pick from last episode. It's called I'm Your Man. It came out last year. It is about a scientist at the Pergamon Museum in Berlin who's persuaded to participate in a study to get funding for her research. For three weeks, she must live with a humanoid robot, played by Dan Stevens, mm -hmm. uh, designed to be the perfect life partner for her. Uh, Clint, what would you think of I'm Your Man? Um, this is one that, like, I feel like every streaming service had it for a second. Yep. Like, I would see that, like, Dan Stevens, like, um, in awe robot face on there. And I was always kind of curious about it, but my thought maybe, like, this is some, I don't know, direct to 
like home dopey rom com. Yeah. Yeah. So I just didn't really expect much from it. Um, but I do like Dan Stevens a mm-hmm. lot. And so I was like, I was like, maybe there's something to this. Um, and actually, like, I really like this movie. Hmm. I like this movie a lot. Like, I think it, I don't know, explored a lot of different avenues of like, uh, like just like relationships and um, the kind of the ethics of doing something like mm-hmm. this. And I love that it was from her perspective. I uh, think if it was from his, like it was role reversed, um, I wouldn't have liked it as much. And I think honestly, like it had this feeling to me of almost like a Miyazaki film mm-hmm. where it's capturing these just like beautiful little moments you might like um, kind of look past in life that are kind of amount to the whole of life. And like it was shot beautifully. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know. I thought it really captured just the inti- intimacy of life um, in a very interesting way. Um, and I, I don't know. I liked her character a lot. I thought she was a very fully rounded character and I believed what she was going through and why she was behaving the way she was with this robot character. And I think Dan Stevens played a really great in like kind of endearing robot. Um, what do you think of it? I This was another surprise because I was thinking it was going to be much more one note mm-hmm. uh, and it definitely wasn't. I, I don't think I responded as well as you did uh it was one where i liked it fine as i was watching it i was objectively respecting all the things it was doing Mm -hmm. it was doing all the things right it definitely had some interesting things to it and it it had some things to say and it wasn't just a uh you know one-dimensional idea Mm -hmm. i forget what you had called one-dimensional earlier but that that stuck in my mind yeah and um but it just, for whatever reason, emotionally, maybe I wasn't in the right place or mm. maybe it was too late at night. I I was never bored by it. And it it sort of left me actually feeling good about life. But I just, I, I didn't have that deeper connection to it that, that uh, uh, you know, similar to. And, and actually, it is very possible. I watched it right after Banshee's. Oh, <laughs> and now that I say that out loud, that may not have been yeah, it's probably the wisest yeah. move. Yeah, um, so that that could easily explain. It. I don't know. It was I I was very detached from it. Hmm. It's a very good movie, but it just didn't. It it just didn't uh, it just didn't hook my heart. Huh. It really, it really got me. I don't know for some reason. Like I, I wanted her to give in to, like loving this creature, this mm-hmm. man. Um, but at the same time, I understood why she can't. Yeah. And I thought where it gets to at the end was really interesting and layered. And like she almost does. She almost like, but she knows it's like in her heart that it's not real and that she needs to experience this with a real person. This is the indie drama version of Ex Machina. Yeah. This is the, what would really happen? Right. You know, it, not murderous robot, but just how do people deal with feelings when, you know, those feelings are, I don't even know how to word that. It's just something where she's toying between feeling affection for something and also at the same time understanding that there's there's not something there that that 
is going to be able to sustain right well, what she's actually looking exactly. for. Exactly. And I think she like that moment where she runs into her like kind of colleague yeah, or the yeah. man that works in the same area who's going through the study too and he's completely like he's happier than he's ever been happy yeah. like in his life because he and he's going through the um with a life mate um and uh and he's found the comfort in that and i think she can admires it but also just and like really re, kind of i don't know respects him for it working for him but at the same time just knows for her as a person like it's it's not possible that's how i felt about this movie <laughs> Everything you just said is exactly how I felt about this movie as you described it. Because I'm sitting there and I'm super happy that you enjoyed it at the level you enjoyed it. Yeah. But I'm just like, yeah, it, it just didn't – I didn't I didn't have that emotional attachment. And uh, irony of ironies, that's exactly what you just described yeah. as happening with the character. I think what it, what really nailed it for me as far as – it wasn't – like it was what I was describing before as far as like capturing – sunlight through a window in that way like Miyazaki yeah. does where yeah. like you know like a, a character's just tying their shoes and it's like these little snippets of life that like make it like more believable like the, the moment where she's like looking through her hand and yeah. like they're out in the wilderness like enjoying like there's each other's company and stuff see but now same... I just wish it was animated <laughs> or done <laughs> but, like but stop motion like what was that one movie with the really hyper realistic story and it but it was stop motion animated that you really loved uh mad god no <laughs> <laughs> hyper realistic uh, the one about the the guy falling in love with the woman and it, they're just normal people but it's stop motion oh, animated oh, oh, oh uh on uh, uh, on Lisa or something yeah 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 but i think like as far as like being a real movie, it captures that same feeling mm -hmm. for me. So mm -hmm. like I, I liked that it was in that tone and it brought another like those little moments painted the fuller picture for me and made me care for these characters. And I think I love the ambigu ambiguity of the end of it. And but it also it, it feels final and like yeah. um, I, I, I was like thinking like if this ends – how I wish it would end, I'll be very happy. And it does. I'm like, it happens as soon as I'm thinking the thought, like, and it does it, I'm like, I'm satisfied. Oh. I don't know. All right. <laughs> I was just surprised by how much I like this movie. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So we both really loved uh, Banshees of Inishirin. Uh Violent Night, not our speed, did not enjoy it. Uh, this is a very divisive movie. It's a on, Christmas classic. Online. Yeah. So, uh, you know, maybe you'll love it. Uh, Christmas Story Christmas, pleasant surprise for yeah. both of us. And then I'm Your Man, Clint really enjoyed, I enjoyed. Um, <laughs> I think it's going to go on I don't want to my... undersell it because it's it's very good. It's going on my list of discoveries. I'm oh, like, cool. Yeah, for okay. sure. Okay. All right. So uh, that brings us, I guess, to Cinetron. Let's spin that bad boy up and see what happens. Okay.
Oh, Ken, I got one for us. I'm wondering, this one seems like one you may have watched or been curious about. Um, The Immaculate Room? Yes, I have watched this. Okay. Are you interested in talking about this? Sure. Okay. Yeah, I'm doing my best poker face ever. (laughs) You have no idea if it's genius or terrible or in between. I'm going to say probably not genius because you've never mentioned this movie to me before. (laughs) Okay, well, maybe it's good or bad or somewhere in between. That's fine. I I have no. It's it's worth watching. Okay. It's worth talking about. That's, um, okay. It uh, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. It may even split us. Who Emil knows? Hirsch is in that, right? Yes, I, I enjoy um, him. So yeah, it's. It, I don't want to say more. Okay, we'll just watch it. Cool. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, so you know, enjoy your Christmas and. <laughs> I don't know. Do you want to make any jokes at the end of this uh, episode? No, and, I have no on, jokes or, to make. Based on numbers or no, anything? No, that okay. would be foolish and childish. I and know. And we're I'm not an that. adult male. We're not that. And I understand my place in society. I didn't ge- yell at two girls in a theater because no. I'm a middle-aged man. Yeah. I, uh, I just know. want to give you the opportunity. I, no. I, I wasn't going to do it. I'm not going to do it. No, no, no. Okay. No. All good. Uh, you know. It, it's it's Christmas season and going to keep it Christmassy. Yeah, you're going to be the Santa of this local um, community <sighs> by giving to children, and, um, and I don't you're going to love that. it. I don't know about Santa. You know, just you organizing be, presents. You would be a good Santa. No, I would hate that. But I mean, just I don't know. Maybe I think you could pull it off. Probably. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe we'll see one day. <laughs> All right. Maybe we uh, will. <laughs> this has been Cinebabble episode 60-something. And, uh, Where can we contact can, us? What? Oh, uh, you know, you can find us online at Cinebabblecast.com or at Cinebabble on Instagram. And, uh, you know, send in some questions. I, I know I'm always saying we're going to get to questions, and I always have a list, and then I totally forget to get to questions. You think we should do like a year-end question episode I or something? I think we should do like a mailbag, yeah. Yeah. And maybe we can divide it out over the the best TV series, the best movies, and the best – because I could I could divide uh, the, the stuff people have sent in, TV, movies, new discoveries pretty easily. Do you think just because it's the season, do you mm-hmm. think I – just like for kind of nostalgia for last year, mm-hmm. do you think I should play the Cody Schmidt McPhee song just for the fun <laughs> of it at the end of this episode? I think that would be delightful. Okay. I would appreciate that because uh, I need you to actually send me just that song okay. on MP3 so I can just randomly add it into my <laughs> Christmas music list on Amazon Music uh-huh. so that when everybody's at my house uh, Christmas Eve night – and we're doing, you know, uh, the Christmas pancakes and Christmas waffles. At some point, just to the delight of the back of my brain, yeah. I will know that this strange, bizarre <laughs> song about Cody Smith McPhee will come on. And I will be able to watch one by one as people in the room stop their conversation and tune in to, <laughs> like, did I? C- Cody with a K and not a C? What? I, I cannot wait. What if it got out there into the world like and it, it be- deserves it to. became like it deserves the, the, to. what's that Mariah Carey song where it's everywhere? <laughs> Santa it, baby. Uh, no, not Santa baby. <laughs> um uh, anyway, I know all I want for Christmas. All I want for Christmas, yeah, like it, it became the new yep. holiday, like and it's everywhere. Cody Smith I can seriously. Why is this song four minutes long? Rachel and I sang it so much, and still all year long have just suddenly dipped into Cody Smith McPhee Christmas carols. Uh, they're just Cody Smith McPhee. So much fun. All right. You're going to play it though, right? Yeah. That's not a tease. That's a no, real no, promise. 
Excellent. All right. Everyone have a very Merry Christmas and a very Cody Smith McPhee Christmas. And uh, I believe the next time you catch up with us, we will be talking about uh, our favorites of the year. And that'll be divided into a couple of episodes. And we'll just have a good time reminiscing about all the good stuff. Yes, we will. Sounds good. All right. Have yourselves Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, all the good stuff. And enjoy uh, that new year that's coming. Merry Christmas, Ken. Merry Christmas, Clint. Cody Smith McPhee, Cody Smith McPhee, that's Cody with the K, not a C. Cody Smith McPhee, Cody Smith McPhee, that's Cody with the K, not a C. Cody Smith McPhee, Cody Smith McPhee, Cody Smith McPhee. Smith, Cody Smith, Cody Smith, McPhee.